At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, Oregon. It's Wednesday, December 16th. This is Elliot News with your news briefing from The Oregonian and Oregon Live. Governor Kate Brown announced Tuesday that 29 of Oregon's 36 counties are now at extreme risk of COVID-19 spread, a development that will bring added restrictions this week to several coastal counties. The governor added five coastal counties to the state's watch list after state data showed continued spread over the past two weeks. That means indoor dining will be banned, and certain indoor businesses, like gyms and theaters, must close. Indoor religious services in those counties are capped at 25% capacity or 100 people, whichever is smaller. Washington and Multnomah counties saw modest improvements in their numbers, including drops in their per capita coronavirus caseloads. Cases were up in Clackamas County. State public health officials announced Tuesday that COVID-19 had claimed 54 more lives in Oregon, a record for a single day. Governor Kate Brown will call Oregon lawmakers into a one-day special session on Monday to pass additional COVID-19 and wildfire relief legislation. Brown is asking the legislature to allocate $800 million to relief efforts for Oregonians, which could go to helping tenants and landlords, as well as providing funding for vaccine distribution, contact tracing, and wildfire prevention and preparedness. Lawmakers are expected to take up legislation that would extend the state's residential eviction moratorium until the end of June for renters facing financial hardships and create a new compensation fund for landlords whose tenants have fallen behind on payments. Unlike the sweeping eviction moratorium that the legislature enacted in June, A new draft bill would require tenants to show they have experienced financial hardship since the start of the coronavirus pandemic to receive protections. Oregon's jobless rate fell for the seventh straight month in November, dropping to 6% as the economy continued to recover from an unprecedented collapse last spring. Job growth slowed considerably last month, however, and new unemployment claims are running at their highest level since May as the state hunkers down for a resurgent pandemic. The rising number of claims comes at a perilous moment, with two key federal benefits programs due to expire on the day after Christmas. One pays benefits to self-employed workers, and another extends a period for which workers can receive jobless benefits. A Umatilla County judge has taken the rare step of ordering the release of a prisoner, after finding Oregon Department of Corrections doctors repeatedly failed to manage his pain with recommended medications. Circuit Judge Robert Collins last week held the agency's medical department in contempt for what he called its inhumane treatment of 35-year-old Anthony White. White is serving a 19-year sentence for a string of burglaries, robberies, and an assault in Marion, Lane, and Multnomah counties. He's housed at Two River Correctional Institution in Umatilla. During an attempted robbery in 2014, White was shot by an armored truck employee in Eugene. The shooting left his legs paralyzed. A pain specialist recommended medications that included a narcotic, but state officials went ahead with a different treatment plan. 
The judge's ruling is all the more unusual because White was convicted and sentenced under Oregon's mandatory minimum sentencing law known as Measure 11, making him ineligible for early release. Southwest Portland's Woodrow Wilson High School will be renamed after one of five history-making black women, chosen as finalists by a committee of students, educators, and community members. The renaming effort began in September after intense pressure from students and alumni at multiple Portland schools in the wake of a mass movement against racial injustice, spurred by the death of George Floyd, a black man killed by police in Minnesota. Activists have long called for the renaming of Wilson High in particular, as its namesake instituted segregation in federal government agencies and was an ally of the Ku Klux Klan. The list of women the school could be named for includes the novelist Harriet Wilson, the journalists Ida B. Wells and Beatrice Morrow Kennedy, the attorney Mercedes Diaz, and the abolitionist Sojourner Truth. Thanks for listening. Find more news at OregonLive.com and support our journalism with a subscription at OregonLive.com slash podsupport.